Amen. Aren't you glad you know him? Or as Paul said, that we are known of him. Amen. I'm glad he knows me. Amen. And now I can begin to know him. Good thing about it, I don't know everything about God that I can know and have the ability to know. And amen. It never gets old. Amen. You can never get bored living for God. See, some people think it's the opposite, that you get bored living for God. I mean, when I wasn't living for God, I used to get bored out of my mind. That's why I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Because I was bored. I had to find all kinds of crazy stuff to get involved in. Now, because I got a life in God, I make sure I get out of that crazy stuff. You know what I mean? I, got, I have a life. My life is hidden here. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says I was dead. That means I didn't have a life. But we've been made alive, quickened by the Spirit. You didn't have a life before you came to Him. You were equivalent to those zombies walking around in those zombie movies. Just existing, but you were dead. You were the walking dead. Now we are alive, walking by faith walking in his word and by his spirit. Amen. You're not like everybody else. You've been baptized in his name and you've been filled with his spirit. You've been washed by the blood. Amen. I was once dead in trespasses and sins. But I became dead to sin when I repented. I died out to myself and the Bible tells us that we need to die daily. Anybody tell you they did it once, they died once, they all right now. Tell you, I'm already saying I got saved in 1954. Well, what happened in 1954 is not good for 2017. Amen. Every day I wake up, I need to be saved. <laughs> got saved in 1970. Saved in 1980, 1990. Yeah, somebody say, well, when did you get saved? I know you're standing. When did you get saved? Well, I got saved in 1990. Well, that's what I say. I was saved in 1990. Well, that's just a beginning stage. There are three stages to salvation. When you first are born again, that's the start. Not saved. You just started. Amen. Once you're baptized, once you're born again, the first step. And then it's finishing to the end. Hello, the Bible says you can fall from grace. People tell you save, once save, always save. Now, now my Bible tells me you can fail at the grace of God. Don't tell me that. They say you're telling me Judas was, is still saved then. Once saved, always saved. He was a disciple. He went around healing sick last time I read my Bible. Hello? He cast out devils. Did you know Judas cast out devils? And he was one. He was picked just like the rest of them. 
But he made a decision along the way that was contrary to the wolf. And hey, you, you know, you're <laughs> you fine now, but you got to wake up every day and say, I'm going to live for Jesus. That's just the second part. To remain. Then the third one is, hey, once you're finally there. Amen. And if you're not there in his presence, folks, you hadn't made it yet. Paul said, I hadn't arrived here. I fought the good fight. I, I finished my course. He had a course to run. He had a fight to fight. And it wasn't just like these boxes now, 15 rounds, nine rounds, three rounds. My friend, it was a life full of fighting. Amen. We're, we're in a fight, folks. Praise God. It's a dog fight, it seems like sometimes. We're in a fight. Man, it's not, it's not a cakewalk. You got to be serious about this thing. I'm determined I'm going to live for God. I'm going to scrape. I'm going to scrap. Amen. I'm going to get feisty. I'm going to do everything I can in God. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to have that attitude, oh, I, I'm all right already. <laughs> Bible says be careful how you stand as you fall. Amen. You can fall. Praise the Lord. I don't know why I'm saying all that, but we need to hear. We need to be reminded. We know sometimes I know we're the children of God. Hello? But the prodigal decided he walked away. Amen. We got to understand that. Can't take anything. You can't take anything for granted. Especially when it comes to this stinking old flesh. Your flesh, just like my flesh, is like Paul's flesh. Paul said, that's no good thing in my flesh. Don't trust your flesh. When you look in the mirror, you, you know what? We don't trust everybody else. When you look in the mirror, you just say, I don't trust you. I'm watching you. And not just when I'm in the mirror. I'm watching you. Amen. Because I'm sorry nobody else can send me to hell. My wife can't send me to hell. Children can't send me to hell. Parents can't send me to hell. Siblings can't send me to hell. Nobody can send me to hell. But this, God's not even going to send me to hell. I'm going to decide. My flesh is going to decide. And that's why flesh can't win. Because my spirit has decided, no, you're getting to heaven. Amen. I'm coming. Mark chapter 4. If you were here thirsty while you're turning and while it's coming up on the screen, and they're saying, what verse? Well, you get to Mark 4. Mark 4. Like that. If you were here thirsty, how many were here thirsty? Amen. You were here Thursday. Some of you are like, I don't remember. If you wasn't here, you don't want to perish. How many, how many who do not want to perish? You don't want to perish. The Bible says without vision we perish. We need vision. You come here Thursday. If you don't have vision, you're about, you're about to get some vision. You don't have your own vision. Get a hold of somebody else's vision. Hello? As I said Thursday, Noah had to dream. Or God spoke to Noah. Everybody else had to disbelieve it. 
His sons didn't get it. God spoke to Abraham. Everybody else that came with Abraham that left the land of Chaldea, they had to believe the vision. Hello? So you say, well, if God hadn't given me a vision, well, he's about to give you one. Just show up. Mark chapter 4. Verse number 34. Amen. Mark 4, and actually I'm going to start at verse 35, so don't panic back there. They's like, hold up, you didn't say 34. They normally ask me, where are you going? I'm, most of the time I say, I don't know, we'll find out when we get there. Sometimes I do. But anyway, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it, I'm going to need some tissue. And it's on, on the same day, and the same day, everybody say the same day. Amen. Now don't repeat nothing else after me right now. You. <laughs> and the same day when the even was come. He saith unto them, let us. Everybody say, let us. Aren't you glad Jesus wanted to do things with you? Thank you, sir. Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with them, or with him, notice that, they were with Jesus, other little ships. And there arose a storm, a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship sleep on a pillow and they wake him and said unto him master carest thou not that we perish and he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm great storm great calm and he said unto them why are ye so fearful how is it that ye have no faith. He wasn't talking to the multitude. He weren't talking to sinners. He was talking to his disciples. And he said, how is it that you have no faith? I want to go back up, if you will, again to verse number 35. On the same day when the evening was coming, he said to them, let us pass over. Amen. Won't you clap your hands again unto him? Give him thanks. Amen. You can be seated. That's what you were waiting for. You ought to clap your hands to that right there. Just being able to be seated. You know, I, I, I have a reputation for keeping you standing for a while, keeping you on your toes. Amen. 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 Hey, I, I uh, actually preached this uh, passage of Scripture, these, uh, this uh, set of notes, and uh, most of the time from a different angle. Uh, Amen. We ought not to take our our faith lightly or take 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 the fact that we have faith for granted. Tell you what I mean. These guys who Jesus proclaimed didn't have any faith. Do you understand that they had faith a little while previously to that? If you read this passage of scripture, you'll find out 
that this happened after these guys cast out devils. This happened after they were sent out. Now, if you have power to cast out a devil, you may have some, some faith. Hello? These are the guys that took the net, put it in the water, came up with a whole bunch of fish. These guys are the ones who, uh, he said, pass out and distribute after he blessed it or whatever. Do you understand the miracle of the fish and the loaves did not come just when Jesus blessed it, but it came when the disciples were passing it out? They had to be involved in the miracle. When they said, hey, these people don't have any food, he said, you feed them. Oh, hallelujah. You see, because God desires to work through us. And he works through the faith that we have. And he understands that the faith that you had yesterday is not good enough for tomorrow. At one point, he told him, oh, ye of little faith. And then all of a sudden, hey, no faith at all. You don't even have any faith. Hello? One time, he walked across the water. He said, when he got there, he said, oh, ye of little faith. On this occasion, they didn't have any faith whatsoever. He said, you have no faith. What happened to their faith? I want to preach to you tonight on the subject, keep your faith afloat. You and I have the responsibility. Now, God gives us faith, but it's up to us to keep our faith afloat. Now, see, the problem is when they were on land, everything was fine. They had faith. I'm telling you, folks, there'll be a time when you're not on dry land, and, and, and he tells you, come on, we're going to the other side. Now you're on water, and then when the storm comes and the wind blows, what's going to happen to your faith? When you're not walking on solid ground, <laughs> things are, the things aren't, are, are kind of in turmoil. You, 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 you can't have your bearings, you, you don't have your bearings quite right, and, and you, you can't put your feet, you know, I, I, I like water, I like to drink it, and you can get me on a river, but I don't care, you can get, you can get me a yacht, or uh, what's those, those cruisers. I told my wife, my wife been wanting to go on a cruise for a while, I told her I'm not getting on a cruise. I'm sorry. If that's on your bucket list, it's not going to happen in this world with me. I'm not afraid of water. I just don't like getting sick. Anything that moves like that, no, I get sick. I'd rather have my foot on solid, solid ground. I, we took a vacation. And I know I'm off the subject, but I'm not off. I'm going to get to it. We took a vacation. We went to, what was that? It's called the uh, Outer Banks. Went to the Outer Banks, right? They showed me the picture. Nice little beach house, so they call it. Right? It was the way, you know, the beach is way, way down, but we was like, you know. And the thing had the stilts. 
you know, the, the house, nice inside, everything nice, really nice. And it had stilts. And I've never gotten sick, seasick on land. We went there in the middle of a storm, a hurricane. I'm on land. And I was taking Dramamine. Something was wrong with that picture. I don't like things moving around. You don't feel quite stable. Hello. And so the faith that I have when everything is nice enough, I couldn't wait to get on ground. There's just something about being on solid ground that don't move. I can trust that. But I don't know what's going to happen when everything is moving. So when you, when you have your security blanket, when you're on solid ground and, and everything is still and not, nothing is moving, that's okay. But when Jesus says, okay, I, you, you got faith right now, buddy. I tell you to go cast out some devils, you casting them out. Woo-wee! The, the disciples came back. Man, gee, the devils are something to us. They came back high-fiving everybody, chest bumping everybody. They were like, man, we got it going on. You know, okay, you think you're all that, okay. Let's go to the other side. And check this out. Most of the guys were fishermen. Come on, don't tell me they've never been in the storm before. They were fishermen by trade. These two guys, these guys had two experiences on the water, and they were like, <laughs> like a bunch of chickens. They had no faith on, oh, my God. They were fishermen. They got out there on the water. They didn't have any faith at all. And then they began to, to accuse God. I'm going to go somewhere. <clears throat> so don't act like, you know, oh, no, you know, we rocks out. Bring it on, devil. Bring it on, world. We do that around everybody else. Don't you see my cake? And we know. We come in church. Eco mo. Ooh. Ma. Ha. Get out of my way. We at, we at home. I hope nobody see me. God knows how to bring us to the, uh, the place of our faith that we can grow in faith and get more faith. And we need to keep our faith afloat during times of storms and circumstances. And so he said, this is what you need this to happen in your life because we need to see where we are. You know, Peter, he was cocky. You know what I mean? We we can we can get we get to a place where we're cocky and like, hey, we can do this thing or whatever. And then God had to bring us to a place and say, hey, see where you are now. How many been there before? Going through some things. What in the world are you doing now, Jesus? The key was when He said, "Let us pass over." He didn't say, let us go to the other side. 
He said, let us pass over. Pass over what? It, that, that, was, that was like a prophecy. A lot of times Jesus, going, he, he tells you, hey, we're going over here. Now, we, remember, we casting some vision, right? You get a vision. You get a dream. And you know, we get excited. When God is talking, when we, we feel like we're moving in the right direction. Man, you know, somebody says, okay, you're going to be involved in this ministry, and you're going to be doing it. He's like, ooh, wow, that's great. And not realizing you're going to have to pass over something. And see, they had been on that particular uh, body of water many times. They've been, they, I'm sure they knew the currents. They, they, and they've been through storms. You know why? Because they knew the stormy seasons. They knew when it was time for the stormy seasons. They knew, you know, I, I remember being out in the water, and I'm just going to, I used to do fishing and, bo and, and, and boating and, and crabbing and all that, so I'm not, I'm not afraid of the water. I've been on little boats. I've been on a boat a couple of times that turned over and capsized, and we had to swim. You know, I didn't tell my mother because she wouldn't let me go. We had to swim back to shore. I, as a matter of fact, we, did the, uh, we, went, we did that, capsized on us, and, and the next week they said, you want to go back out? No, not, not this week. And that very week, uh, they capsided, and one of the one of the guys that was on the boat drowned. A couple of others just barely made it, and I was like, Phew, "I'm glad I didn't go." So you know, I familiar with all that. I you know, these guys were for, and you could see the storms when they're coming, and you can see it far off. We see that cloud, like okay, let, uh, that's enough of this. Let's go on. We can if we didn't get any fish by, at that time when the crab, we go get our crabs and fish at the market. I remember one time, Brother Valley and I, we got out on the boat. Was it you and I? Was it you and I? With uh, Brother Pat Praskus. We went sailing and all that on the water and everything else. He wanted to sail and all the boat, you know, the sailboat going inside and side. We wanted to fish. We wanted some fish. Man, we didn't catch anything. You know what we did? We stopped at the market afterwards. <laughs> yeah, look what we got, honey. You ain't catch that. That thing is all scaled. It's wrapped up in the... <laughs> Yeah, with the receipt and everything. But you can see the storms. And they were familiar. You see, this, this, this was a supernatural storm that came along. Somebody kind of sent it there along their way. The same person that said there's going to be a great calm was the same person that said, hello. But see, when we're living for God and, and, and he's telling us to go somewhere, we don't expect anything to happen. We don't expect any adverse circumstances. Hey, that wasn't in the program. That wasn't in the package. I didn't sign up for this. You told me to go over here. Everything's supposed to go by smoothly. And as soon as things start getting a little rocky, we think that we're not in the will of God. And, and maybe we did something wrong. And, and maybe there's sin in our life. Hey, maybe God is trying to do something in your faith so you can see the glory and the power of God. Your faith can't get dead in the water. Got to keep the faith afloat. Now, I want to talk to you about a couple of things, just a couple of things. I love the word couple because it's relevant. You say a couple of minutes, man, you can go about four hours. 
just want to talk to you for a couple of minutes. Man. There's a couple of things we need to know to keep our faith afloat. We have to go through if we want to get to the other side. Now, it's wonderful when God shows you something. And it's so easy to throw away a promise or a dream or something that's from God and say, well, that's just me. And you toss it away. Especially once, you know, it, when you get something like I heard some preachers say, you know, uh, don't judge what you're going through in the darkness when you get something in the light, something like that. When you get something in the light, and then when you get into a dark situation, what you got in the light was still what God gave you. Same principle. You got something on dry land. He said, let's go to the other side. All of a sudden, when they were in the middle of the, uh, of the sea, they began to question him. Hey, we're going to perish. You don't care? I told you we're going to the other side. We get so focused on our storm and our troubled waters, we forget he told us. He gave us a vision. He gave us a word. He gave us command. Obviously, he has a purpose in it. We're going to the other side. Sometimes we just say, oh, I don't know. Maybe everything goes perfectly just fine for you. All right. Now, don't not, we sometimes we we quit and we give up what we the word that we we received because the storm came. And a lot of times if Jesus is in our boat and he was in the back of the boat, remember? The hinder part, I think that's the back, right? I'm not a nautical person. But I think hinder means rear. That's the right way to say hinder, right? <laughs> I don't know. Hinder? Is it hinder? I think it's pronounced hinder. Yeah, hinder. See, some of y'all hindering me right now with that hinder. I said hinder. Now, we know... We, and I'm going to get to that part. We put Jesus in the hinder part of the ship. Not in the front, number one. And he's asleep. Anytime that you put Jesus in the back of your boat, he might go to sleep on you. Just thought I'd tell you that. Now, most of us, at least they kept on going. To be honest, I'm just going to tell you me. If he told me to go to the other side. He took a nap and the storm is coming. And don't look like I'm going to make it. I'm going back the other way. <laughs> Hello? I know you wouldn't do that. You're so, spir you're so spiritual. Mm, I understand that. No, Jesus told me to go. I'm, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, we know that a lot of times Jesus tells us to do something, go somewhere, and things get tough and we back out. Well, maybe it's not the time yet. Uh-huh. Well, God's just working on me right now. <laughs> He's working on everybody. Working on our faith. So he said, let us go through. Let us go to the other side. Now, it is, it is sometimes it's not a, a, enough just following Jesus. 
There we go. You want to, you know, supposed to follow him? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Everybody, you look at the scripture. When that was transpiring, the Bible says multitudes followed him. And they were pressing him. They were all following him and everything else. And anybody can follow Jesus. Hello? A lot of people say they're following Jesus. There were some people following him from a distance. And some people followed him when he was giving out bread and giving out miracles. But where were they when the, on the day of Pentecost? Hello? So anybody can follow, but sometimes we have to go beyond following. The Bible says that they took him. Read it. Uh, could you put that back on the screen? Can I keep that on the screen until the, the whole set of verses of Scripture? We're going we're to kind of go along. You, you mind that? That's Mark chapter 4. There we go. And look, look at that. And when they had, they sent the way to Mark, they sent the way everybody, can, can I do a little bit of teaching right here? I'm glad I had your permission. I wouldn't have done it without it. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him. Sometimes it's not enough following Jesus. Jesus is going away because you can follow him from a distance. The Bible says when, 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 when uh, uh, during the, the, the Passion, the Bible says Peter followed him and the other disciple, but from a distance. But here, it wasn't a matter of following him. They took him. See, we are following Jesus. Why don't you take him everywhere you're going? Oh, I'm over here now. Sometimes you can't just follow. You got to take Jesus. That's principle number one. Oh, I'm following Jesus. Well, you got to get a hold of him. Hey, no, Jesus, you're going right here with me. But it's not enough following because sometimes I kind of lose my way. And as long as Jesus is in the vicinity... Sometimes my wife is driving her car, I'm driving my car, whatever, and maybe she's following me or I'm following her or I'm following somebody else. And then you know what? Cars get in between us. Hello? Oh, Things happen. And then you get distant. And the next thing you know, I don't know, I, I, you know, like at funerals and you're, you're going along with the funeral. And the next thing you know, you're missing the, everybody's cutting you off. And no one else cares that you're following the funeral procession. Nobody else cares that you're following Jesus. And people may just get in your way. You decide, Jesus, hey, it's not enough just following you. I want you in my car. I want you in my house. I want you when I go to the college campus. It's not enough following Jesus. I need you right here by my seat, God, while I'm on this college campus. While I'm on my job, I need you. I want to take you everywhere I go. I got to take you. You get too satisfied with just following Jesus. They took him. Principle number two, when you take him, take him even as he is. Notice that. 
Yeah, take him as he is. See, some people want to make up a Jesus. The Bible says, hey, this Jesus that I preach, Paul said it this way, some people preach another Jesus. This is hindering me, hindering me. <laughs> Y'all want to mess with the hind and call it hinder? Ah. Take him as he is. Because a lot of time he is as we don't think he is. Hello? You understand what I'm talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. You got to take Jesus even, because the Bible says, hey, that, that he, he had no comeliness that we should behold him. And, and Jesus doesn't just act the way we, we you know, you, you see that guy. You know, even one of the, what was that, the passion of Christ? I mean, that's probably was the thing that probably came as close to what, you know, I'm not saying he looked like that. I don't know what he really looked like. You know what I mean? The Hollywood going to make him look like anything. You know? I, I, I really don't know. I, some people want to get into, well, uh, he was black. I don't care if he was purple. Just save me. What, what, what pigmentation have to do with anything anyway? Hello? That not have anything to do with anything. And, and so and that really is an issue. I don't know what he looked like exactly. But the Bible says, he, you know, he had no comeliness that we should behold him. I, I don't think he, you know, he was that, you know, I don't know if he had all that curly, nice, you know, hair and everything else going just right. You know, I, you know, beard was just right. You know, those baby blue eyes. You know what I mean? Look like to me that guy was a movie star. <laughs> and people try to make Jesus what they want him to be. I, I'm convinced you take a hundred Christians and get them to describe Jesus. Somebody who came away from him and say, what is this? It must be a whole lot of them guys. We need to take him even as he is. Whatever that is, that's a full package, whatever. I, I, I want Jesus as he is. I want to take him to me whatever way that, that he present himself. And I'm just going to tell you, he's not always the nice, sweetest guy. You, you know, I'm telling you, now, you know, I've been pastor for a little while, and you hear people tell about what the Lord said to them. I'm like, my goodness, the Lord said a lot of good stuff to them. Man, he's, he's always acting like he's my Lord. He doesn't act like he's my sugar daddy. Well, Jesus told me he was going to give me that. Man. Like, man, they, they, man that, that, that God is awesome. Goodness. He's always promising all kinds of stuff. You know? It's just like, wow. The real Jesus, I said the real Jesus, he's going to tell you, let's go over here to the other side. And then when you say, start that, I got, I got, okay, come on. And, and a lot of times he doesn't give you the full disclosure. You know? He doesn't tell you every little detail. 
Now, some people, they, I mean, that Jesus tell them everything. Everything. No, you don't supposed to eat cornflakes this morning. It's Cheerios. That's my will this morning. You should switch to whole f- low-fat milk. I mean, Jesus tell him every little thing. Every little thing. You know? Well, Jesus just must want to meet it. No. We, got, we have to take him as he is. We don't have to fabricate and make stuff all up. You know, we try, try to be all spiritual. We try to, we, 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 we compose just like everybody else. They, you know, you see them, you know, picture of Jesus here. and We compose our own picture of Jesus. Said, I'm going to take him as he is. And they, we went into the ship. And, and, and the Bible says here that, point number three, there were also with him other little ships. Now the other little ships, they were with who? Jesus. But Jesus wasn't in that boat. Now, you can compromise and say, as long as I'm close to him. I just want, some people are are, are fine. I know I'm not, I'm just talking there. Some people are fine just being a little close to Jesus. As long as I'm around a vicinity. But the problem is, when you check the story out, when the storm came, and the Bible says they went to the other side, you didn't hear anything else about those other little ships. Why? Because when the storm came, they went back to the seashore. And that's, that, that, you see, that's, that's the compromise. As long as I can be a, where Jesus going? I'm going around and I'm going around in the little ship. No, I want Jesus to be in my boat. Now, this is it. We, we are going somewhere. And we're going to get the, the somewhere is going to be a little bit more specific. And you're going to find out exactly what you can do to help us get there. Everybody has a part. Hello? We're all in the same ship together. We're all going to go, and everybody's going to put, hold their hand to the net, or I wish I had some nautical terms or whatever to throw out at you, you know, get in the hel- with the helm and, you know, Starbucks side. <laughs> I, make, I, don't know, I don't know what it's called, you know. What is it called? It's not Starbucks. I just, huh? Starboard side? Yeah, I do Starbucks, you know. Starbucks side. And what's the other side? The port? Yeah, you know, throw all that stuff out there. We all have a part to play. Hello? And can you imagine? Do you understand, even though everyone that was on that boat weren't skilled fishermen? A lot of them were. A lot of disciples were fishermen. But some of them, some of them weren't. When you're on the, shore, on the shore, you don't have to be a fisherman. You don't have to be, you don't have to be in the nautical stuff. You, you don't have to be in the Navy. <laughs> but when the storm is coming, everybody has to get on, on board and play a part. Everyone will bail in water. Everyone is, you know, I guess they had to throw some things out and help to keep it afloat and everything else. When we, we were on the... Uh, on that sailboat, 
And he would tell us to do certain things or whatever. I don't remember everything. I just did whatever he told me to do. You know, you all, we all have a part to play. And if you're in this room and you don't feel like you have a part to play, you need to find out what you can do to be on board. You have a part. I say you have a part. You have a part. That's a part of this shit with your name written on it. Come on, don't leave me hanging. Huh? You're going to decide, you know what? I'm staying on board. I'm not getting off this ship. Yeah, what's those little boats that, that's, that's on the side of the ship? I know they're lifeboats, and, you know, but it's another word for them. Dinghy, that's what it is. They got little dinghies on the side, and you can decide when things getting rough, you put the dinghy. Who want to be on a dinghy? I mean, who came up with that stuff? No, no, stay on board. You know how it was when, when, when uh, uh, Paul was in the storm and people tr tried to bail? He said, no, I got a word from the Lord. Everybody must stay on board. We're not going to lose a soul. Everybody's going to stay on board. We're going through this thing together. Hey, and if, if this thing capsized and it collapsed, you just grab your piece of the board. If you stay on board, just grab a piece of the board, and you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side. Stay on board. Stay on board. Jesus is in our ship. Stay on board. Don't settle for the little dinghies. I'm sorry. I'm determined I'm going down with the ship if I have to. Because if I go down with the ship just like Jonah, God can prepare well or a fish or whatever that was. Oh, hallelujah. Don't compromise those little ships that's along the side. Said, so, oh, you know to be in that thing. That thing, obviously, that was the only thing that was in trouble. The rest of those guys, they, the rest of the, in the little ships, they went on back home. Because you can, you can be close enough when things are happening to say, oh, yeah, I was there. Wow. Oh, yeah, big storm came. Mm -hmm. I was there. Oh, I don't know. I was there. You know, everybody talking about how God was Oh, I was right there in the midst of it. Okay, what happened? To, oh, well, you know, um. So you, you're close enough to be when thing, you, to be right there when things are happening, but you're far enough to get back on the other. Mm -hmm. Go back when it's convenient. Well, no, I figured I'd check out. So you see some people over there, they needed us, Jesus. I was taking care of things on the home front. No, I got to keep my faith afloat. Thing is, there, there's never going to be a time where there's always going to be just calm water. Your faith is going to be tested. Your faith can't be tested on the on, on the dry uh, sand, the seashore. God's going to have to get you out there on some troubled waters. Troubled waters coming. You wonder what in the world's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus is trying to get you to another dimension. 
He's trying to get you to another side, another area where he can show his glory. He's about to show you what he can do on the other side. You see, on the other side, he did some things that he didn't do on that side. On the other side, they saw a man delivered from a legion of demons. Didn't happen on that side. On that side, they saw pigs flying. Well, not quite. They didn't make it all the way. <laughs> Y'all don't. <laughs> You'll catch you on that later. And so, I'm talking about keeping our faith alive. Uh, like I said, we, we, we're going somewhere. This, the storm arose. Great storm, the Bible said. Great storm. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere. And you know how it is. I, I believe that, that's, that's your, that, uh, that sea was so calm. Y'all okay? You know, you can see over the horizon. You traveled this waterway before. You know the currents. Hey, I got this thing, Jesus. Just take a nap. I, I, we, we, we can handle this, Jesus. We know you're tired. You've been doing all that healing stuff and preaching for 10 hours. Just rest for a while. And we can handle this. I, we, oh. Jesus, we've been doing this thing, this evening service things for a while. We don't necessarily. You can go to sleep in our evening services, Jesus. We can handle this thing. Oh, me living for God, God, I, I, I got this thing now. This ministry I'm, I'm leading. Oh. This fellowship group I'm leading. Uh-huh. We're not careful. We can tell Jesus fall asleep on our ship in the back part while we're at the helm. Mm-hmm. I know no one in here does that. You're talking about me. And then when the storm comes, we get all along. And notice how these guys, they took a long time before they decided to go wake Jesus up. They waited till they were at the point where they were about to perish. And then they said, Jesus! Don't you care that we were about to perish? I mean, the guy's asleep. You told him going back to sleep. Now, you, now you're saying you, you're accusing him not caring. Now, here we go. Here we go. Let's just be real. We're going to do this thing. Now, I know weights are going to be on your hands and your arms weighing it down. But how many people have ever, ever accused? And don't, don't necessarily. You don't have to raise your hand. Either, but how many people have ever accused God of of not caring in that situation. And as if I told you raise your hand, you I know you may not say, Jesus, you just don't care, but you know in your heart of hearts you wonder God. Sometimes I just ask him, just talking about me. I got the mic, right? I said, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? You know, hello. And I know no one's in my boat. No one is in my ship. But sometimes I just God, what in the world is going on? 
and we wait. You know how I pastor. People wait till things get so out of control. And then they, I think I better call the pastor. Boop, 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 boop. Pastor, yes. And then next thing you know, the floodgate. I'm like, wow, why didn't you say something a whole lot sooner? I thought I heard tunes. I thought I was going to hear a harp or something. That was confirmation from the Lord. <laughs> Y'all heard it. I'm not, I'm not making it up. Y'all heard it. Lord confirm it with signs and sounds and wonders. Don't wait to the 11th hour of your crisis to call on Jesus. You know what that's, that signifies? It signifies, I got this thing, Jesus. I can handle it. When you start detecting trouble, when you call on Jesus. Man, when that storm started to come and they realized, hey, that's peculiar. We don't normally get storms around this time. Hey, the sun was out. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky. What in the world is going on here? They got him right in the boat. Hey, what's going on here? They probably could have prevented that. He wake up and master, don't you care that we, we're about to perish? Don't you? Now, if these guys just did that, we're not exempt from that. And we can get to the place of accusing him. Why? Because we wait till we get to our situation becomes a crisis. And that's not always the will. It's never the will of God, obviously. And we wait and wait and wait, and I'm, I, hopefully no one is taking this offensively or whatever the case would be. And I'm not trying to make light if you're in a, a desperate situation, and I'm not trying to come down on you. I'm talking about keeping your, your faith afloat. And these things are just going to help you to keep your faith afloat. Because I'm going to tell you, time's going to come, it's going to test your faith. And when things happen, it, it, it may not necessarily be anyone's fault or whatever, and life happens. You know, I've seen so many, been in this thing for 26 years, being in Antioch for 26 years, you've seen so many people come and go. Man, you know how many, <laughs> the amount of people that have left, not saying it was because of something wrong with the church, the amount of people that have left, you know how many churches and congregations we can have just out of that, those people that have left over 26 years? You know how many people just in Baltimore that have been through outdoors in Baltimore that have received the Holy Ghost and been baptized? And when troubles come, people decide, I might as well not live for God because I had trouble. Lastly, don't question God's intent and his motives. I 
I, you can, you can, you know, God. I, I don't understand what's going. What's going on, God? What, what is hap- what, What's happening here? I, that's okay. I think that's okay. Hello, we're here. We, what we want to know, right? What's going on, God? Don't act like God. It doesn't matter what you're doing. <laughs> just do whatever you want. That's just fine. Praise God. Bless His holy name. No. He desires to reveal Himself to us. I have not seen, ear have not heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for them. But, but, God has revealed them to us by his spirit. God, God, is, God, want, God doesn't want to keep us in the dark. Now, he's not going to give us the full disclosure. But you know how it is when something is a parable in your life? Your storms become your parable. The trials you go through, they become your parable. And you wonder, if it's a parable, what, what in the world is going on? Do you know that after every parable, Jesus told and explained to them what was going on? Every time, when they, right, when they asked. Whenever they asked about what was, what was the, uh, the answer or the, get, tell us what the parable is about. He took him, to, took him aside and said, come on, let me tell you what's going on. You know, there have been things that have come about in my life, and I just, when you're going through it, you, you don't understand it. And Job did not understand everything that transpired in his life until afterwards. Hello? But after the storm, you know, during it, Job said, I couldn't find, I couldn't find God. He said, I went forward backward he said he said to the left hand and to the right hand he said I, I couldn't find God I don't know where he was I, I just don't know but he said he knew the way that I take and when he has tried me I'm going to come forth as and afterwards he had he had a little set down he had to come to Jesus session and he talked and God explained everything Okay, this is why you're going through. This is why you experience what you experience. And God, you, we have to understand on the other side. God desires for us to get to the other side. Now, we, we're getting ready to go somewhere as a church, as a body, and as individuals. It is not God's intention, and it's not God's will for us just to kind of walk through life blindly. It's not his will for us just to, just to go through Living for him like that, you know, kind of like wandering. No, no focus, no purpose. We just, we get up and we just, we're Christians. And we come and we worship. No, 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 no. God is leading and directing us. The Holy Ghost is directing our path. That Paul said, hey, I, I press on toward the mark. Of the high calling of God. That tells me he had something he was looking forward to. That tells me he had a mark that he was trying to aim for. He said, I pressed toward the, high, the, the mark of the high calling of God. I have a mark. You must have a mark that you're trying to reach. You must have a destination that you're trying to get to. Oh, I'm, I'm almost done. You know, too many times, that, you know, hopefully not in this room. But we can't get caught up, you know, the, the, the church world is preaching your, your destiny. 
You know, you hear that a lot. Your devil's trying to keep you from your destiny. And every time they tell you your destiny is about, you give $1,000 first and you get your destiny. You don't get it. Yeah, you know they preach. You don't get your destiny without they giving that money. Now, I believe in tithes and offerings. But I don't believe that, that stuff that, you know, you give this money so you can, you know, find something. And every time they talk about that, that your destiny is always on this earth and about some, some natural thing. It's never about the kingdom of God. Never. But God has somewhere for you to go. My, I'm telling you, my destiny is heaven. Now, God has places for me to go on earth, but that's not my destiny. Destiny is the end. How do they go? Your destiny. What? No. My destiny is the end. But I, God has a place that each and every one of us should be striving to get to. And I'm going to say it this way. It's not position. Oh, here we go. If you're a preacher, your destiny is not the pulpit. Your destiny can't be, I want to be a pastor one day. I'm sorry, this is, not my, this is not my destiny. And this is not what I'm trying to attain. Hello, his kingdom. And so we can't allow ourselves to question God's motive. And, and God's intent when we go through what we go through. Now, see, we say, now hear me, folks. And I, we, we say all this, and I know this is not, I'm not jumping and screaming and shouting and, and hooping and hollering. I understand all that. And I, over the last few weeks, I've been giving practical messages. But if we go wandering through our walk with God, and we, we never deal with true issues, And, and we never deal with certain, and, and just because you're not going through right now, and, if, and I'm not, it's not all about just going through. But I'm talking about when life deals you with blows and situations, like, I don't want to go there. But you know, sometimes we think everyone else has it so much better than we have it. I, Brother, you not forgive me. I know. I know you. You'd like to. You'd like to be in the shadow. You don't want attention and all that. But I, I, I'm just saying, and it's not because I'm saying this, because I, I was. I was blown away a year ago, and I, I'm not trying to tell you business. To find out the, the stuff that this man had to go through. Uh, and I'm not gonna get into the personal whatever. You would never know it. You would never know. No, you have you no. Know, Annette, don't think anything bad or whatever. And I, you know, I don't know if I want to say anything. You know that I shouldn't. But some people carry that stuff on there. Hello. Don't you feel sorry for me for everything I'm going through? Oh, woe is me! I have it so bad, don't I? You and, and, and then you, you you get the blaming God. Like, and it's, I mean, I, it seems like things always bad happen to me. And, and, you know, you're always the victim. 
And you don't know what someone else is going through. You have no idea. Everybody, when they're going through medical situations, they don't lose like 40 pounds like I did. You, you never know what they, this, this man was at the point of death at one time. Coming to church, they had to carry, he could be, couldn't stand. Never heard him talking or whatever. If, he would, if you wouldn't have known if, unless he told you. There's some other things. You won't have any idea. I know you think you're in situations all by yourself. And we can accuse God and, and blame and say, what in the world is going on? I'm telling you what. There have been times I'm, I'm just going to die. Like, all right, just, all right, just take me on out here. All right. Let me say my prayer. Make sure I'm right. Make sure there's no offense in my heart. All right, Lord, I'm ready. You can accuse God and blame God. And you know what? Your faith just begins to sink. You, get, you come to church the next day, whenever it's a church service and whatever, and we get involved with the clapping and praying and everything, but something has happened. Now we can't see God and believe God for the f things in the future. Now we can't believe God. No, that's, that can't happen with me. Oh, uh, hello. I'm talking about keeping faith afloat. Because we need to be careful when Jesus is trying to get us to go somewhere. Because when Jesus is trying to get us to go somewhere, yes, mark it down. A test is coming. And along with the test, you're going to get a quiz. You're going to get some homework assignments. You're going to get classwork assignments. You're going to get drills. Hello? Yeah, pop quizzes. Everything. But guess what? After you learned all the lessons and you applied, you come out a whole lot better. Because everything God is allowing to come in our lives is for a reason. When he tells us, you know what, I'm taking you somewhere, he has good intentions. He's a good God. And he has our best interests at heart. I tell you, he has our best interests at heart. I, and I'm, I'm closing with I, I don't really like needles per se. I take, I'm not afraid of them. I have to get a needle like to get my blood drawn whatever the case may be. Every several months, they say every several months, but I'm, I don't do what they tell me to do. You know, that's just me. And I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I'm going somewhere. You know, I suppose it like if I get sick, I suppose to go to the hospital, to be honest. Because I could die. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't put any stock in all that. I, I, I mean, I do what the doctors tell me to a certain degree. But, but I'm like, my faith is in Jesus. Because, you know, I can't live like, I, I walk, you know, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just be transparent. You know, as I have to take medicine every, every day. I got to take this medicine. Does that diminish my faith in God? No, it doesn't. Not one bit. If God chooses it to, 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 to heal that area, he's fine. But if he doesn't, 
I had to take needles and all, and I don't, I don't, I don't like needles, or, but I had to, t- you know, whatever the case may be. But I had to do what is necessary. All right, I supposed to do what is necessary, whatever. I, I don't like it, but I have to do those things that are necessary. Sometimes, whatever, in, in order for for things to get better, you have to go through some procedures that you don't like. Hello. It's not like the medical field just fix you all up nice and easy. You come in to the doctor's office and you tell them what hurt. You know what they do. They hurt right there? Yes! I told you that it hurt right there. Why are you hitting it? Your arm hurt. They pulling and everything else. And they, they, they begin to move on those things that's causing pain. And they sometimes some of the procedures produce pain. But you know the intention of the physician is to help you. It causes pain. It causes discomfort. But the intention. You never go accusing a doctor when he's trying to. You may blame him and say he's a quack, don't know what he's doing and all that. This guy's wrong. After the fact, but you don't accuse him while he's there. Hello? Why, 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 why is it that when we're in Jesus' office, that we begin to accuse him like he means, uh, means us harm? Because he's trying to produce, Jesus is trying to produce something in each and every one of us. Hear me. And no matter what we have to go through, it, it, you can, you, once again, you can put whatever you, you have to go through, whatever your hardship, whatever, your, the, whatever you have to go through in life, that you feel, you know what, I have it worse than somebody else. And I guarantee you that there are a lot of people in this room that probably feel that way. I have it worse than, than other people have it. You don't have it worse than everybody else. And we can't lie, I'm going to say lie to ourselves, we can't fall under that trap to say I have it so bad and God doesn't love me. Don't you care that I'm about to perish, Jesus? Yes, I care about you. I'm talking about keeping your faith alive, folks. Because I'm once again, and this message, I'm, I'm preaching it for a reason. I'm preaching it for a reason. Because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about vision. And you can get so high on vision that when it's time to go, walk through the fields or get in the boat and go to the other side, things begin to happen. And you can get so sidetracked by the things that are going on, and you can get so focused on your storm that you forget that Jesus is in the ship. Don't wait till things get so bad. Keep him with you. Keep him at the front of the boat. Hello? Don't let stuff get so bad. Bring Jesus in the midst of it, and we're going to get to the other side. Not what Jesus had to wake up and say, you don't have any faith. Imagine us trying to get to where we need to go, and we get halfway there, and then Jesus had to say, 
You don't have any faith. You get halfway to where Jesus is trying to take you. And then he says, Wait, where's your faith? Okay, okay. Imagine that. Think, just think about it for a minute as we're about to close. We're trying to go somewhere in God. And the thing about it, you can come, thank you, is when, you, when your faith is sinking, you don't even realize it's gone. Because we come to church. Do you know you can come to church faithfully? Do you know you can pray and have lost your faith? Jesus said, where's your faith? We can participate in ministry. We can be involved in the things of God. And we can lose faith. I, I, most people, when we come to God, when you first come to God, you get, get the Holy Ghost, get baptized, you on fire for Jesus. Man, you believe for any and everything. You know what I mean? You can believe crazy stuff, you know? It doesn't really matter. You're coming. <laughs> you start speaking all kinds of stuff. Somebody come in with crutches. You expect them to be healed. Somebody come in a wheelchair. You're talking about get up and walk. Hello? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Man, you had crazy faith. Huh? And then after a little while, storms come. Troubles come. And then you start wondering. Maybe we're just supposed to go through this. There's no faith in the house. There's no power of God moving. You see, because Jesus allows some things to remain. Do you know that? Do you understand that? That lame man that was at the gate called Beautiful, was at the gate called Beautiful in the book of Acts? The Bible says he was there for how many years? You saw all these different, everybody had a different answer. 30-something, 30, I think Ian said the right answer, I think it was 38 years. Now, he was there at the gate for 38 years, and the Bible says, I think it was like pretty much every day. That begging. You know how many days Jesus walked past that gate? You know how many times Jesus walked past that? And that guy never got healed by Jesus. As a matter of fact, all of a sudden, one day, the apostles walked by. And they had to walk by that many times. That wasn't their first time. But they just all of a sudden looked upon him. And that was the day. You, you never know whatever dilemma you're going through when Jesus says, okay, this is your day. But that guy could have lost faith. The apostle could have said, well, no, Jesus doesn't want to do that. He'd been past this guy many times. He didn't touch this guy. But sometimes there's an appointed day. There's an appointed hour. And there's an appointed time. But the question is, will you have faith at that appointed time? Or because of your situation of what you go through and everything else, will you get to a place where because of 
you know what? I was just comfortable following Jesus. And I didn't take him to myself. I didn't accept him just as he is, how he wanted to do things, when he wanted to do things, how he wanted to do things. I allowed him just to sleep in the midst of my storm. And I only call upon him when things are really bad. And when I called upon him, I accused him of not caring. I don't want our faith to drop, to die. I don't want our faith to drown. Because I believe God is about to take us to a side, to take us to a, a, a place that we have never been before. But I'm just going to tell you, I believe in the Holy Ghost. That if we don't understand, that there are going to be things that we're going to have to experience and we're going to have to go through. It's not always going to be positive. But it's God's will, His purpose, and His intent to get us to the other side. Won't you stand? And we must have a fortitude and our mind made up. No matter what we go through, our faith is going to remain. No matter what difficulty we're going to have to face, I'm going to keep the faith. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I've ran my race. I fought the good fight. And I finished the, finished the course. Do you know he said, I fought the good fight. That means that's a fight you can fight where you're bad. I fought, he said, I fought a bad fight. I fought the good fight of faith. I held on to my faith. Now, and I'm going to bring it right to home. I want you to look at me. I want to see eyeballs. You know where you are today. Now, I, I, I really, and not that you would be dishonest. And some people, they just going to say they, they just, they in seventh heaven every day. But if you know in your personal walk that you've allowed some things in your faith to diminish, I want you to come up front. And I'm believing that it's more than one person. You had faith to move mountains. And now it seems like you don't have faith to move a mohill. You had faith to expect the unexpected. And because God hadn't done it quite the way you thought, when you thought, sometimes you get to wondering. Sometimes we get to questioning. I want you to say one thing, and we're going to begin to pray. You're going to pray your own words, but we're going to say one thing together. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus. Because most of the time, that's what it's all about when Jesus. we lose faith. We want our will to be done in our life. We know how it should be done, when, where, and we want to allow God to do what he desires to do. Because if certain things was God's will, he would do it. That's simple. Come on, I want you. God, not my will. But your will be done. I want you to begin to pray about your faith. Come on, in Jesus' name. God, restore our faith. Increase our faith.